Hello and welcome to another episode of our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Bullimore and this week I'm joined again by Micah Chudley. Micah, welcome back. It's good to be back. Uh, and we also have, returning for the first time in a while, um, perhaps not as exciting as Paul Smith, but is Dan Lambert. <laughs> wow, wow, that, that one that one hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to have you back all the same. Um, you've been watching much better football recently. Uh, yeah, Brighton on Sunday, yeah. 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 Eternally jealous of that. Um, what's it like? I've... What's it like up there, Dan, in the Premier League? How does it feel? <laughs> well, to be fair, first half went great. I was, I was thinking I've wasted my money, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, atmosphere was a bit uh, weird, but the football was, football is what I expected. I feel like, and I'm not saying that you do this, Dan, at all, yeah. but I feel like Brighton are, you know, if you wanted to, like an acceptable level to sort of glory hunt with. Like it, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I. I. I like the way they run and stuff. Like, no more than um anyone else. But yeah, I just want to see Deserby. Deserby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Live, really. I feel like you. You know, some people could theoretically make a switch there, f- dig out some sort of like tenuous link to support Brighton, because you're not doing the easy glory hunting of going for Man City, but you're just kind of like, you know, th- there's there's. You're I think to, it's trying possible. to persuade me to jump ship. I'm trying to persuade myself. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a better. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Right. I wouldn't mind watching their football week, week on week. I'm just thinking in terms of a podcast. There's a much better market for Brighton than QPR. I'd say. Right. No, so that's true. Be, must be more listeners at least. Um, well, not a bad week for QPR. Uh, all being told, but uh, a really challenging game coming Saturday. Uh, and we've made another signing outside of the transfer window, which is uh, exciting. Uh, but let's start with Birmingham. Um, the only team change was that Dykes came in for Willock, I believe. Uh, but something that hasn't really been talked about, I feel, because the last two games have gone relatively okay. To the same team again in a, in a week where we had a game on Tuesday and obviously had the game on Saturday as well, and then a very close game on, on Friday. Um, not much time for resting and turnaround, yet the same fi- team being fielded most of the time. Uh, despite the improvement, are you at all worried with the fact that we're going to get fully into the swing of championship football and it's only going to get tougher, that this team could wear itself out? Um, <clears throat> not really. I mean, not not particularly. No, I think there's there's been a lot of emphasis, hasn't there, around the whole um, they're building themselves up to match fitness slowly, or they're building themselves into the season, or however Ainsworth is describing it. Um, I think if anything, I mean that's definitely one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is, well, like you know, at the start of the year, we were all concerned that we couldn't play past the 60th minute. Last couple games, I would say, you know, Birmingham. I thought we saw it out quite well. We probably were. We probably had more of the momentum towards the end of the game. And obviously Swansea, we've gone and got that equaliser in the last what last minute, last couple of minutes. So um I think if anything, like it's it's a positive thing. Yeah. Uh Dan, looking back, you haven't been on the podcast, I think you said to since Watford. So in general, 
from your sort of position afar what what have you have you seen anything sort of recently that sort of gives you hope for the season ahead are you, are you oh, do you think that we have made a slight upturn yeah i think well i mean i've, I've watched the last two they're the, they're the most recent ones i watched since watford so probably in terms of i think we've defended relatively well i know swan do weren't exactly a a massive test, but I thought, particularly on Friday night, I thought, you know, throwing bodies at the ball and stuff like that, you know, defending our box well, that's probably something that we haven't done in the past. Um, yeah, we just, we look competitive, to be honest. I don't think there's, I think there's obviously areas that we can improve on. Um, we've got some strengths, you know, like our, our press at the minute and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we look far more competitive than, than Watford, I'd say. And we look like... Um, more of an Ainsworth team in the sense of, you know, working for each other, working collectively and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So this game that we just played against Birmingham, I found it borderline impossible throughout the whole game not to think back to, I want to say it's around this time last year. It's probably not that far off. And I think we played more games because of the earlier start to the season. But the difference between this trip to Birmingham on a Friday night on Sky and last year's trip to Birmingham on a Friday night on Sky, it's kind of chalk and cheese. Although it's not like we we were sort of not saying we were the best team in the world Friday last Friday evening, but that was the start of a massive decline last, last year. I mean, looking at the BBC report, they quite helpfully reminded me that we would have gone second with a win over Birmingham last season but instead wow. you had Roberts unfortunately getting injured again and obviously you've seen that play out for Birmingham this year as well I think this the weekend after Beal then went off to Rangers to sit in the stands and watch them play and post to do it all over Instagram I do I have serious PTSD <laughs> because going into that game last year I was quite I think I was quite confident quite and I can't quite remember the time frame after this but I just remember this game last year sort of scarring me quite badly. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> You're not shaking while holding the mic or anything. <laughs> I mean, the, the one thing I remember about that game is about just that how poor we were. Like, it just I, wasn't I like, it, even like the, the, the football quality was bad, but it was sort of like effort levels as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was just poor. I, I mean, it, it that, that performance was kind of like the blueprint pretty much for the next year or 11 months or whatever it's been um and we always play birmingham on sky has anyone noticed this yeah 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 that's happened quite a bit every year i was a bit disappointed they didn't put the uh bright samuel goal in the uh the preview clip for birmingham away i think it was on the social media yeah that's that's true that's a big oversight that was in sky as well yeah they're all there i swear it's it's always st andrews it's not it's not a loftus road yeah, I, I seem to remember going to, this is a long time ago, but when I was very much younger, I think it was around 2008 when we go into a pub to watch QPR play Birmingham. I'm pretty sure that was around Easter or something like that. That was on Sky as well. Again, it's St Andrews. Even, do you yeah, remember that... the, it wasn't Birmingham, but do you remember the Coventry game at St Andrews was put on a Friday night as well? We lost 3-2. What, in the Warburton? Yeah, the COVID season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think Barbie's off from a corner yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, and Dyke scored a pen. If I remember correctly, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah something about that place. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah, a great segue. So, 
obviously oh, yeah. playing. You got it, it, it's natural, is what it is. Um, yeah. So let's focus more a bit about what actually happened in the game. Uh, and I guess there's two kind of defining moments. One is Ruddy's save at the end of the game from Dykes' header, and then close to the start of the game is Sam Fields' rather remarkable overhead cl- off the line clearance. Um, could you make? I guess, you, I guess down there could be a case made for both set of fans to say we could have quite easily come away with three points if it weren't for situation X happening. Yeah, yeah. I thought to be fair, I thought both keeps were the standouts generally. Um, I don't know. I thought they they were probably better first half for me. Um, I'd say second half where we had the best better chances. It was obviously the Dykes one at the end. Was it the one where we bought? To try to walk it in the goal, but it went slightly wide. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that was that kind of um, from the first angle that Sky showed. It looked like I think me and my dad were sort of thinking, "How on earth has Sanfield missed that?" But then from the angle behind the goal, you see it, it just cannons off something and straight into him, doesn't it? He doesn't really stand a chance of actually scoring. Yeah, yeah, but I'd say I'd say second half where we got the joy. But I thought Begovic did make some uh, important saves in the second half. To be fair, I think that was one where. Uh, I don't know who was through on goal. I think it was Hogan, uh, and then, yeah, one one v one save to to kind of keep yeah. us in it. Begovic, a player that I think me and Ben talked about quite a bit on the podcast that you went on. Also, it's kind of around the time where he kind of he went from having a really good performance to then having a weird sort of on off performance and having a really good performance and then kind of having an on off one. And now he seems to be, I mean, he's obviously going to be an important player. He is captain, is he not? Yes. Um, so regardless of what happens, I imagine he's going to be playing pretty much every league game that's available. Probably will play in the FA Cup as well when that comes around. Um, how do you sort of assess his performances so far? Um, I mean, I think they've been good. I think he he had a funny game, Swansea. I think. Um, I think. The be- the best way I can describe how he's done so far is that other than when he went on that podcast, nobody's actually mentioned the fact that he used to play for Chelsea, which is normally the first thing our fans do. So I think he's doing something right. Um, I think he's um, undoubtedly an upgrade shot-stopping-wise on Dieng. Um, I personally, maybe this is... Maybe this is something from being used to watching Dieng for so long. I personally do get nervous by how often he is on his line. Uh, there was a couple of times Friday night and Tuesday night, to be fair, where I was like, you know, come on, come off your line. But they would then make a save. So I think maybe that's maybe more me being used to Dieng. But I mean, all in all, he's 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 improved our shot stopping wise. Um, defensively, we are quite strong, but we are prone to a lapse, especially down especially down our right side. You know, it's not Smith's fault. He's not a natural wing back. Um, but when those lapses happen, he's normally been pretty um, pretty responsive and pretty good with his shot stopping. So I'm happy with him so far. What do you think of this story that emerged today about from, I think it's Football League World or something like that, saying oh, that he's on over week. 30 grand a week? Do we believe that? No one's going to know, are they? Do we believe that, though? Like, I, I was quite... Well, uh, I'd say pleasantly surprised to dive into the comments on that and for everyone to think it was complete bollocks. 
normally I was say, like you, you get sh- people overreacting sort of like saying this is scandalous but i think everyone's sort of just gone yeah don't believe that for a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd, um, I'd find it to believe yeah so another perf- positive performance him I- i've got down here smith played well obviously field was excellent defensively and then is starting to offer more um i think on the ball as well which is something i've mentioned for, i've wanted for quite a long time dizel i thought was quite good again and yeah. armstrong sort of endlessly running and dizel i've been thinking about this point for a while and i've been waiting and waiting and and I've kind of thought I should save it to sort of we're at least halfway through the season to mention this or at least at the end of the season, but I don't want to. I want to praise Ainsworth for something that three managers before him have failed to do, and that is improve Andre Dezel in at least in a run of games as well. Like it's not been a one off, it's not been like the Cardiff game where he pulls off that amazing pass and then the next game is non existent. It's not like when I felt like he was playing better ish under Critchley and then didn't play like that the next game. I think Dezel has been consistently good now for a couple of games and credit where credit's due to Ainsworth because there's three managers before you that have not been able to do that. And Dezel has played a lot of football for QPR. Yeah, I, I mean, from the, from, from the game, was it Friday? He was playing the deeper one. Is that is that been the case like for a good run of games now? Where no. no, that was, I no. think that... Has been brought in because of the callback red card. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Which yeah, I think, right. which I think, special kind of praise to him because he's obviously filling in now a role for somebody else. And Friday night he was getting stuck in. To be fair to him. Yeah, I thought he screened the back four slash five quite well. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, like they're talking about sort of buying. It's definitely starting to come through a little bit more on the pitch now. Yeah. I would have said so. I mean, even even at the end, um, at the end, everybody come over, even the subs come over, just clap the fans off. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a nil nil. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's it's like what we said. It's like what we said uh, last week on the pod about incremental steps. You know, we're we're looking like an away team. We're looking like a championship away team. Birmingham looked like a decent side. Um, championships are funny beast, so I don't know where they'll finish, but they look like a decent side. They look like they could be in the top half. Um, so yeah, it's just with incremental steps, we're looking better as as a team, and I think that comes from that buy-in that I think we're starting to see on the pitch. The the other thing that I noticed, well, not noticed, but kind of thought during this game was it is a right shame that we didn't get Jay Stansfield on loan, and I don't know how concrete those rumors are, but. I mean, if you're watching on Sky, you'll know that the Sky commentators absolutely showered him with praise. And quite often I look for any opportunity to go against the Sky EFL commentators because they drive me up the wall. But unfortunately, on this occasion, I think they were correct. He was a complete threat the whole evening. Um, And compared to the other players on the pitch, he certainly looked very promising. Is that what you thought, Dan? No, I'd agree. The only thing I'd say on that is, though, I had a quick watch back of the game and I thought our press kind of gave, gave them that outlet in a way because the way we pressed was Cher kind of had to press between Sanderson and Drama and then that kind of left Powell, Powell having to jump the distance on Drama and then leaving Fox 1v1 on Stansfield. And I think there was a moment in the first half where Stansfield just nutmegs him first touch and 
is is through on goal. So I think he he's a great player, and don't get me wrong, I'm not like um saying he's not, but I think we tweaked our press in the second half, and I don't think he was as influential from uh, from memory. Let's um move on then to the new signing we've made this week, uh, Reggie Cannon from the US men's team international. Uh, this was a deal kind of, uh, I think it was first suggested Tuesday night, the Swansea game. We mentioned it last week um, and it's taken, taken its time to actually sort of be confirmed and stuff like that, which I don't really know. Does anyone really know the reason why it took so long from the first mention of this? Was it not quite as wrapped up as we thought? Do we think? I, think... I think... Oh, sorry. I've got my cup. Uh, I don't know. I imagine we're going to say the same thing here, Dan, but I think it's to do with the fact that obviously like the club he's left, there's a dispute over his wages, isn't there? No. Um, so I think the club in Portugal, they're, they're either in administration or going into administration and they felt like they still had rights over him and he is saying that, you know, his wages haven't been paid for months or whatever, so he has the right to leave. Um, that's what I heard anyway. Were you about to say I mean, I was just, just going to say, um, yeah, I think it was, didn't it say at the bottom of the article about FIFA? Yeah, that to be put through. Um, they're still awaiting like uh, clearance from FIFA or something like that. Um, yeah, it says the, the transfer is subject to FIFA, yeah. FA, and EFL approval, as well as international clearance. So but we've it, announced a signing that, you know, we would love him to play on the weekend in some role, but. <laughs> It's just subject to the clearance of just about every regulatory board in football. The, I mean, the the time between the the period that we were supposed to sign him and got it, announced it was probably kind of just doing our due diligence, really, just to make sure he can pass all them, pass all them things. So they're probably just making sure, to be honest. Yep, yeah, uh, but I took one look at a compilation uh, on that Tuesday, and he loves slide tackle. Have you guys looked at him? In any sort of, not even in any detail, have you heard anything much about him that sort of impresses you at all? Um, no, I mean I watched a few clips on uh, on Y Scout and sort of similar. Yeah, he does like a last. He's kind of like the Aaron Wan-Bissaka type, where he kind of gets his his body in in front of the ball at, at the right time. Um, apart from that, no, the interview. He to be to be fair, I was surprised how much kind of detail he gave about his role, about when he discussed the Ainsworth, about getting on, on the last line and stuff like that. Because um, we know what Ainsworth's like with uh, being quiet in the media. Um, but yeah, sounds like he's quite a versatile player. Can play different roles, back three, wing back, full back. So gives us a bit yeah. of versatility. And Mike, I know you've got to shoot off relatively soon. So I'll just give you this question. With Smith playing well, and to be honest, Kakai playing well as well, you said last week that you're happy to see Kakai play in that right centre-back role. Where exactly does Reggie Cannon fit into this team? I don't think it's going to be sort of instantaneous. He's not been playing football for a while. We saw with Colback, he took a little bit of time to get match fit and then into the team. There's going to be that little sort of adjustment adjustment period where he's going to be on the bench. But where do you see him fitting in, especially considering as well that Jimmy Dunn is on the verge of a return as well. Um, to be honest with you, where I thought I saw him fitting in, based off his comments, I'm now not a million percent sure. He spoke about um, being a strong defender, but also wanting to beat his man one-on-one, um, which I thought was an interesting thing to say for some for a um, 
centre-back or a right-sided third centre-back. Um, so I wonder if that means we we push him into right wing-back and we give ourselves a bit more solidity at right wing-back. Like I said, Smith's been excellent to start the season. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you know, he's a winger playing wing-back, and he? he's not a wing-back playing wing-back. So defensively, there have been moments where he he's kind of sort of been the weak link. I wonder if that means maybe we push Cannon to right wing back. Maybe I th- I think Smith was playing left wing for Orient last season at times. Um, I don't know if this is an adjustment. Do we do we play him left wing back? It's covered for left wing back. It seems like we have a lot of left wing backs. Um, but I think I think maybe Cannon will carry out more than one role for us. If that makes sense, maybe he is the right centre back some weeks. Maybe other weeks we're coming up against a really good. 1v1 winger like a dozy at Southampton uh, maybe he goes to right wing back it, it is at least promising Dan to see the um, that stuff that's sort of been batted about on Twitter this week the sort of strength in depth we do have across the back line now once everyone's fit you have got um, very much a kind of a debate where does everyone fit in like, you know, Jake Clark Salter, regardless of his injury record, is probably the best centre-back in the club right now. Yet, he's got a lot to prove before he can start games. And there's no cup fixtures for him to to feature him in. There's been a lot of games this this past week. You kind of thought maybe he might have played against Swansea. But, you know, to be fair, Fox and, and uh, Cook and Kakai have been relatively solid. Yeah, and you got um, I think Jimmy Dunn's coming back as well. Um, so yeah, we got we got numbers. Um, now it'd be interesting. I think the only thing on the Cannon thing, I mean, from what I saw on uh, Friday, in possession we were four, so Smith kind of pushed up to right winger, and then obviously out of possession we were about five. So we've got the versatility to do that or play Cannon like as an out and out five. So we've got options, and I think to be fair, Ainsworth. From what I've seen, particularly on Friday, we are quite flexible in the way you change the press, the the, the, assist, the fluid system. So he's not like a you know the four four two long ball manager that people are making out uh, that he is all the time. Uh, Micah has just had to shoot off, so if he doesn't speak for the rest of this podcast, uh, it's not because we're ignoring him; it's because uh, he's had to go elsewhere. Just quickly, then, Dan, before we wrap up, Coventry on Saturday. A really good team, you know. They've I, I can't actually remember where they are in the table right now, but obviously playoffs last year. They're eighteenth on the same points as us. Eighteenth, right? So you know they've had a turnover in players as well. Key players have departed, but still, you know, a good team. I'd imagine, and a team we struggled against last season at home and away. So, what are you expecting from this Saturday? Where's the threat coming from from Coventry, and how are we going about trying to pick up our first win since what at home since Watford uh, last season? Yeah, that's a long time. Like that. Um, that's a long time. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like you say, a good team. Um, I did see. I didn't watch catch their game on Monday because I played Huddersfield, but I did see a stat that they've that the the only team in the league that have lost the most points from losing positions. They've conceded about six last minute wing winners something like that or maybe less um or last minute equalizer sorry um so yeah in that in that sense they seem to be conceding quite a lot of late goals 
Um, I don't know what that's like for us because I don't think we just score. We don't tend to score many late goals, do we? Apart from Dykes. Uh, well, Swansea? yeah, uh, not really. No, I think there's there's more hope there though that there's no sort of let up going into the final minutes though. Yeah, we can be competitive for a for a full ninety or whatever. Um, but no, like you say, they got a strong squad. They lost um, Jokeres and Harmer. I mean, two two of the best players in the league for for a couple of seasons now. So it takes time to to kind of bed the new players in. But they've got what's it, Ellis Sims, um, Hadji Wright, and Godden. So they've got they've got players there that can that can score goals, and uh, they got like a player from from Brighton called Iari. A uh, young midfielder. He's also a, a good player in that sense. So they've uh, they've replaced fairly well, but I think it's just about them gelling as a team, really. And uh, they'll they'll they won't be too too dissimilar from what they were last season, because obviously Mark Robbins has been there what good good number of years now. So he's probably the right man to kind of build build a new a new team, if you like. So what we're saying is for fans as as well, patience a little bit. Because even in the ninety plus sixth minute, statistically against Coventry, we've still got a chance. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it'd just be whether we can stay in the game uh, long enough, really. Because, um, like you say, they're a good team, but I see no reason why we can't go into this on the back of two, two good results. Probably the 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 recent one was the more positive, but um. Yeah, try and build some more momentum because we've two get two games unbeaten, if you like. And finally, then, do you think there'll be any changes? And would you like to see any changes to the side that he's going to put out? Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think he will change it. To be honest, there's not much to to really change. I mean, I can't see Willock particularly pushing into the side or Clark Salty yet, because um, in those areas they're doing quite well. And, Realistically, below what we've got for uh, in the first eleven, you do wonder if we kind of lose a bit of quality through playing the youth and uh, kind of given that that's a bit it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? So no, I'll keep it the same if possible. Lovely. Uh, well, thank you very much, Dan, for coming back on. Obviously, thank you to Micah as well uh, for joining me this evening. Um, yeah not much else to say really so uh thank you very much for listening and until next time come on you arts